Everybody, Nick Zappanero here for another episode of the Divi Crypto Podcast. Today, we have Alex Smirnov of DeBridge. DeBridge is a cross-chain interoperability and liquidity transfer protocol that allows decentralized transfer of assets and data between various blockchains. Alex, welcome to the show. Hi, Nick. Thank you for, for having me today. Absolutely. This is a topic that I'm really interested in, Alex. Interoperability has been on the minds of pretty much everyone in crypto for many years now, so I'm excited to, to chat with you about it. Uh, but before we get into the solution, I'd like to get to know you a little bit. Tell me about yourself, how you got into crypto. Sure. So I'm Alex Mernoff, and I myself is a technical guy. I went out from the academic background. I was doing PhD in the area of mechanics and mathematics. Basically, my PhD thesis was devoted to the inertial and satellite navigation. But, but back in 2014, I found out about the crypto. And I think I got onboarded to crypto world through Steemit, which is a social network based on Steam blockchain. And uh, it was like, it was super surprising for me back then because like, uh, I decided to post some article in that social network which was devoted basically for that was some popular science article where i described some mathematical algorithm and the concept of the of the steam to that some whales or some like token holders upload your content and based on the total upvotes you get you get a reward in the form of steam tokens and after my first article i got like two thousand dollars or so, and uh, back then I was like, I was a student. I lived in dormitory. I was doing my thesis, and like, I got like one hundred dollars per month as a scholarship back then. And like, once I received like the payout from Steemit, I was I was really surprised, and that's how I got interested. And yeah, I just started to dig deeper to understand to understand the technology and all its technical aspects i got to beat community and uh, yeah i was a fan of dan larimer who who's founder of steemit uh chairs and eos and uh, yeah i started to develop some minor applications just for fun just to understand how everything is working i got involved with steemit community and at some point back in 2017, I started to receive a lot of requests from like different people, from my friends to help them develop specific blockchain applications. And uh, yeah, I got so many requests that I decided to found my own blockchain development studio. And back in 2017, together with the uh, co-founder Yaroslav, we founded Phenome, where we provided blockchain development services and we developed many various dApps, blockchain-connected solutions, and we always love to have fun during the hackathons. And we won many hackathons. We also participated and got finalists in many. For example, there was a Binance hackathon that was held in Singapore, where we were among the finalists. And yeah, up to 2020, we just provided like the blockchain development services. But we always had the idea in mind that at some point we need to do some product for ourselves. Back then, we one of the directions we had was the trading and arbitrage in DeFi. 
uh, and we had to move liquidity between different blockchains. And uh, we all we always struggled with the centralized bridges because as, as I remember, like Binance Bridge imposed ten thousand dollars limit per one transaction. So we had to use the centralized exchanges and we did like frequent deposits and withdrawals because we did some arbitrage. And uh, yeah, normal exchanges do not like when you do something like arbitrage or like frequent deposits and we got our account frozen and uh, we needed to provide like various documents, proof of source of funds. And that was the moment when we thought like, okay, we need to solve the cross-chain liquidity transfer problem in a truly decentralized manner. From that moment, we kind of kept the idea of this decentralized protocol, but we just needed something to get to it, uh, to implementation. Yeah, then we participated in the chain in Kekason, and, and that's where the whole debris story starts. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, I think, uh, well, first of all, you know, not many people have been in the space, uh, as long as, as you, and, and I remember BitShares as well. And of course, steam it. Um, so it's cool that you've experienced sort of the, the, the full scope of pain points over the, over the course of time, which of course led you to, to building Dbridge. So explain to me, you know, from a high level, the elevator pitch, if you will, you know, what Dbridge does um, and, and how the solution works. Sure. So first of all, Dbridge is a cross-chain interoperability protocol. I explain in more details a bit later, but first of all, I would like to provide some insights on how the Dbridge started. So last, last, at the beginning of last year, we participated in that hackathon from Chainlink. And yeah, of course, everyone knows Chainlink. Like they're, they're a great project with a very strong community. And like Chainlink Marines are very kind of active in the industry. And yeah, we just decided to like take a pause and to have some fun in the hackathon. And surprisingly, we won it. Like we got the first place among more than 140 projects worldwide. And during the hackathon, we implemented an MVP that allowed to transfer assets between Ethereum uh, testnet, Coven, and between the Binance Smart Chain testnet. And yeah, after the hackathon, we got like a lot of requests from various partners, investors, and in general, many people started to support us. And the whole idea is debridge that we allow transferring of arbitrary data and liquidity between any blockchains that we support. Because interoperability is not about the bridging of assets. It's first of all about bridging of data. Yeah, bridging of assets is quite straightforward. Like when you lock asset on one side in one blockchain and you get like the dropped asset in another, but like bridging of data is a bit more complicated. We got the second version of the protocol where we implemented this entire interoperability framework that allowed to pass like liquidity and data in the same transaction. And I think that the most distinctive advantage of Dbridge, because we basically provide infrastructure, we basically provide framework for developers and builders who can create any arbitrary cross-chain applications using Dbridge infrastructure. That allows many various scenarios. Uh, for example, cross-chain compatibility of smart contracts when protocol in Ethereum 
can become composable with some protocol in, let's say, in Solana. And that and many many interesting uh, interconnections can be built. So, for example, some uh, algorithmic stablecoin protocol, let's say Frax, would be able to open up position in perpetual markets in Solana, for example, in the mango markets. Yeah, that's just one of the many examples that can be implemented. But in addition to cross-chain compatibility, we enable cross-chain swaps, which is one of the applications that can be built on top of DBridge. We allow bridging of any arbitrary asset and data, and of course, interoperability and bridging of NFTs, because we believe that in the near future, NFTs will become interoperable between different metaverses when let's say game asset in from one game can be used in a different metaverse or a different game. Yeah, that, those are opportunities that we enable and there are many more that can be utilized by other protocols and projects. Yeah, this is a this is a really robust solution and I think a really necessary one. Um, but I think one of the questions that a lot of people have, especially with some of the recent events in the uh, space around bridges is, you know, how secure is it? And what are you doing to ensure that security uh, as the assets are, are transferring across these various uh, blockchain ecosystems? Yeah, that's, that's a very good question. So first, especially taking into account all the hacks that happened in a cross-chain industry, in a cross-chain landscape. As a protocol designer, I can definitely say that building cross-chain applications is really difficult because many various aspects should be taken into account. And bridging protocols themselves are middleware, right? So basically protocols that interconnect different blockchains. So more or less all bridging protocols are relying on the security assumptions of the underlying blockchains. And uh, it's really important to minimize these dependencies, to make the protocol like technology agnostic and blockchain agnostic from the very beginning. And at the same time, put in various security measure, measures into the protocol design. Yeah, I can, I can provide some insights on what measures were implemented into DeepBridge. And recently I, I published an article with some with some distinctive features for our protocol. So first of all, I, I truly believe that it's very important for all, for, for all bridging protocols to cross-validate consistency of the protocol state. Simply speaking, for bridges that utilize locking and minting mechanics, we can always know the current balance or current state of the smart contract in every blockchain. So let's say if I deposited one hundred of ETH into Binance Smart Chain, then in the Binance Smart Chain, there will be 100 of the wrapped Ethereum. In Debridge, we call it D asset or DEF. Uh, and there is no way any additional wrapped assets can appear in a Binance Smart Chain, right? And if if we got the asset unpacked with some additional, I don't know, 50, 50 ETH appear there, that means that the protocol the state of the protocol is not consistent anymore. And there is a way to cross-validate this consistency because with many bridging protocols, the design itself involves the infrastructure layer when there is a set of validators 
co-validate transactions that pass between blockchains. For example, in DeepBridge, we utilize this locking and minting mechanics. When user like interact with a smart contract, with DeepBridge smart contract in one blockchain, then all validators sign transaction that pass through this smart contract, and then user claims the asset in another smart contract in a target blockchain. The point is that all validators can additionally validate this state. So for example, they can retrieve the current balance from a Binance Smart Chain smart contract and compare it with the balance which was calculated in the node itself, in debris nodes, for example. And if, if at some point these balances are not equal, that basically means that something wrong happens, like something like 51% attack or like reorganization of the blockchain or like vulnerability of the smart contract was employed. And that means that none of the transactions should be validated from this specific blockchain. And I truly believe that, that it's, it is very important because this kind of structure allows to isolate the potential damage from that can that may come from any of the underlying blockchains. So yeah, cross-chain, cross-validation of consistency is one of the uh, security measures that is super important. Another one is the transaction finality, of course, because we do a lot of research to understand the rules and specifications of all the underlying blockchains. So we see the, the historical data on like what chain what reorgs had before. For example, just yesterday, like Polygon had 190 blocks reorg when the official Polygon specification said that the insured finality is 100, 128 blocks. Finality rules is something that influence bridges a lot because if validators of bridging protocol do not, do not wait for like designated amount of blocks, then there is a risk of uh, double spending when some user sends asset from smart contract in one blockchain, he receives the same amount of asset in a target blockchain, and at the same time, his original transaction got reverted. So transaction finality rules should be in place. This rule should match the official specifications. And uh, yeah, there, there are more. There are many more um, security me measures in place. Another important one that I would like to highlight is the validation of nonce sequence, uh, because I saw that many existing bridging protocols utilized nonce passed by the user. So basically, user just just like from, from the front end from the website. I take the UTC timestamp or something and pass it as a nonce into the smart contract. But I truly believe that the nonce should be assigned by the smart contract itself. So for example, in DeepBridge, uh, every transaction is assigned with a unique number, which is basically just the, the number of transactions that pass through the protocol. The, this number is assigned always in ascending orders. That allows validators to track all the problems with the underlying blockchains. And the point of that, validators validate all these transactions in the same ascending order. And if there is a collision or duplicates in this non-sequence, that means that something like unusual happened in this blockchain, something that goes beyond specification. 
and validation of cross-chain transactions initiated in this blockchain should be immediately stopped. That's those are main focus areas for security, and oh, those nice. are measures that, that laid in the protocol. But there are many more, of course, such as audits, bug bounty programs, etc. No, that's good. Yeah, I mean, security is always kind of a moving target, right? But it sounds like you guys have have given it quite a bit of thought. So I like that. Very cool. Now you mentioned something though. Um, the the delegated staking is is that how you're securing the network? Like, ha- explain explain the staking opportunity for me. Yeah, that's a good question actually, because most of existing bridging protocols are like multi sigs, right? And there is a bunch of validators who just like, sign transactions, user execute or claim transactions based on the validator signatures. But this kind of design always bear a risk of validators collusion. So what if validators collude and withdraw the collateral or TVL of the protocol? And in order to prevent that, we have delegated staking and slashing mechanics. So basically in DeepBridge, all validators bear financial responsibility for the service they provide. The protocol itself takes the small fee from each transfer and half of all fees goes to validators and evenly distributed between them. And validators take collateral. That collateral can be in the form of ETH or USDC or potentially in the form of like our governance token. And not only validators can state collateral, any arbitrary user can delegate liquidity to specific validator he he treats as reliable. And in this case, user will participate in the reward distribution mechanism of the protocol. So let's say I have 100 if I stake I stake for validator beware, because I know they're like super professional infrastructure providers, and then I get part of their protocol rewards. This kind of design allows to have collateral of validators been highly correlated with the TVA of the protocol because the more liquidity pass through DeBridge, the more fees are generated and the more APY of validators and their delegators will be. Of course, if validator does something wrong, let's say validates some fake transaction or just has his has their infrastructure offline for a long period of time, they get slashed by the governance. Because in DeBridge, we, we've taken quite a unique approach when we clearly separate infrastructure layer from the governance layer. And in our design, all validators are elected by governance and all validators are working for governance. And in case something goes wrong, governance just rotate or replace specific validators who don't provide good performance with their infrastructure. There is another cool feature of the delegated staking that I personally like, that whenever you stake as a user, whenever you stake for a specific validator, you also get an option to additionally provide your locked liquidity to strategists, to DeFi strategists, whitelisted by the governance. So for example, I staked for the validator and I receive debridge rewards. But in addition to that, I can stake my locked liquidity to our 
And in this case, I will have to bear the risks of our strategy. But in addition to debris rewards, I will receive reward from our or from your finance. And that's really cool because many people already stake, right? And provide liquidity to these strategies. And now in addition to staking into strategy, they can kind of proxy stake for validators and helping to uh, secure the interoperability protocol. That's really cool. Yeah, I think uh, that's a that's a unique take uh, or approach, I should say, to um, to governance, especially in an ecosystem like this, where you know the the primary goal is actually interoperability. And you you guys do a number of things really really uniquely as well. Um, but one of the most maybe currently interesting things is the cross chain NFT interoperability. Explain that to me because I hear a lot of criticism about, about cross-chain NFTs. Can you explain to me how, how you're accomplishing that and like what that actually looks like from a, from a user perspective? As I, as I mentioned before, we provide infrastructure. So basically any gamified projects or NFT projects can build their own custom bridges on top of our infrastructure. They will just utilize the ability of the protocol to pass arbitrary data. The, one of the main problems for NFT bridging is that existing NFT, there is no way to create a unified bridge for NFTs. We can create bridge for like JPEGs and for for avatar NFTs, but we can create the bridge for more complex NFTs that contain some breeding functionality, for example. And through the bridge, all those projects can create their own custom bridges. So let's say I have my my own game, right? For example, I want to tap into user base of Axie Infinity. And I can just create a bridge for Axis as an infinity to my metaverse. And I can say like, look guys, if you have Axie, you can bridge them to our metaverse and you get like plus five points to your strength in our game. Or th- th- there can be something unique. It's like, it's just a matter of imagination. Users from Axie might be interested to start using my own game. Or let's say I have some sword in my game and a Binance Smart Chain, and I want to use it as an asset in Star Atlas Metaverse in Solana. And then I just bridge my game asset to Solana and use it somehow there. Or another cool example would be crypto banks, right? So I just like bridge my crypto bank and I have it as an avatar image in the game. But in addition to interoperability between metaverses, I believe there are some DeFi applications for NFTs as well when I can supply my NFT as a collateral into some protocol like Aave and draw credit in the form of fungible asset like USDT. And yeah, that can be another good example. That's pretty interesting. So yeah, you're giving a lot more flexibility to developers across a variety of ecosystems. Um, that's really cool. Now you guys just launched your mainnet. Is that right? Yeah. That's awesome. So which, which, um, which blockchains can we currently use with DeBridge? Yeah, good question. So we start from EVM chains, of course. And we start from five, which are Ethereum. BNB chain, Tyco, 
Polygon and Arbitrum. But since we already passed multiple security audits, since we already have the unified bounty program in place for quite a while, we can easily scale up to all EVM chains. Basically, for us scaling up, it's just a matter of deployment of the well-audited smart contracts. And at the same time, we also need to make our, our validators to run the infrastructure for every new blockchain. But it's it's important to know that we, we are not only we do not only support EVM chains. Our global mission is to uh, interconnect the entire blockchain ecosystem, including non-EVM chains such as Solana, Terra, and uh, Solana will be the first non-EVM chain that we will support. And we like we build the entire team of Rust developers within DeepBridge who work. Like since the last summer, I'm integrating Solana, and uh, yeah, I'm very excited about that specific integration because like we've put a lot of efforts into it, and I believe that Debridge will be the first protocol that allows to pass data and liquidity between EVM blockchain and non-EVM chain. When, like I said, when the protocols from Ethereum or EVM chains will be able to become composable with the protocols from Solana. And that will open up opportunities for many new primitives that were not possible before. And uh, yeah, we provide the tooling, we provide the framework for developers. And uh, I'm really looking forward to seeing what developers will build on top of it. Because the global mission here is to unite the industry and to provide freedom to protocol and users to decide on what specific blockchain or layer two they want to operate in. Yeah, I think that's really important, especially moving forward as as blockchain and cryptocurrency become more more and more adopted and more and more mainstream. Uh, you know, we've been talking about this for a long time. If you've been in the space for a while, which you of course have, Alex, the necessity for interoperability is going to become, you know, almost, <laughs> you know more and more apparent as, as we move forward. So yeah. it's really cool what you guys are doing. So I imagine that, you know, ecosystem development is your absolute focus right now. What are you, what are you most excited about? What do you, what do you see on the horizon for DeBridge? Yeah. So since we are live on a mainnet, our main focus now is switching toward the adoption ecosystem development and building this strong community of developers around the protocol because before the mainnet launch, the main focus has been security and we, we have put a lot of efforts into it. And now we start to talk to developers, we start, start to talk to uh, projects to explain what possibilities the DeBridge protocol provides. And one of the cool features that I'm excited about is that we let users to scale up in a very different way. Because right now, if projects want to scale up to some other blockchain, what they do, they just deploy the same set of smart contracts. Let's say you have some DeFi protocol and Binance Smart Chain. In order to tap into user base of Avalanche, you have to deploy your smart contract there. But when you deploy another another instance of the smart contract, you get your liquidity fragmented, right? And uh, that's not very convenient because it, it might lead to different prices in different blockchains. And yeah, liquidity fragmentation is a big problem in general. But what you can do with DeBridge, you can let users from 
other blockchains to interact with your protocols, with your protocol directly without the need to switch wallet or switch network. So let's say you have the protocol in the Binance Smart Chain, you want to tap into the user base of Solana. And in this case, you can let you can just integrate the Phantom wallet into your user interface in the front-end part. And users from Solana will be able to send commands or perform any arbitrary actions with your protocol right from Solana without the need to switch wallets or switch networks. So basically, as a user, what I will do, I will interact with the Debridge smart contract in Solana and Debridge infrastructure will execute my transaction in the Binance smart chain. And that's a really cool feature because I don't need to fragmentate my liquidity anymore. I just need to select, like to choose one specific blockchain or layer two that fits my specific needs. And then I get access to user bases of all the blockchain that, that are supported by our infrastructure. And yeah, I believe that that this feature will really make the crypto industry more united and uh, more friendly because users will not need to kind of think on how to move liquidity to different blockchain and they will not need to think what bridge should be used because they can just like interact with the application or that. And all these complex steps will be abstracted away by wallets and uh, by dApps themselves. So I just go to a specific website, I just connect my wallet, and I don't, I don't even need to think what blockchain I'm interacting with. I'm just interacting with a specific application that I like. And that, that adds another level of abstraction and uh, another level of user experience. Because right now, users are often confused with, with all these bridges, wrapped assets, etc. And what, what they really need to do is just to perform a one-click transaction in order to get their desired action executed. And uh, yeah, that's what we are trying to achieve, to provide a great user experience when any arbitrary cross-chain interaction can be achieved in one single transaction. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think the being somebody that interacts with a lot of DeFi <laughs> protocols and such, <laughs> it's uh, you can get really confused. You know, even even somebody who's been interacting with this stuff for a long time and is, is familiar with MetaMask and all the different RPCs and such, you know, it's you get a little jumbled. <laughs> um, and ultimately, ultimately, you're right. You just want to be able to say, hey, send me BNB, you know, and not have, I don't know how many times my buddies hit me up and they're like, hey, do you have any USDC on on ETH or any USDC on Solana or whatever? Like, I just, I just need to make a quick transaction. And, uh, you know, it's, it's a nightmare. So I think this is a really great solution to that. And, and definitely a step toward what many of us in the space have, have been aiming for for a long time. So really cool stuff, Alex. I like it a lot. Yeah, exactly. The only thing I want to do is just to go to one website and just select my wallet and uh, specify the destination address and like chain two and all the magic should happen under under the hood, right? I don't need to think about bridges. Bridges should be something like TCP IP for the internet. When, okay. when we use internet, we don't care about like, how TCP IP is used, how pockets are transferred. We just utilize interface, right? The same way it should work with the bridging protocols, I believe. 
Exactly. Exactly. Let the, uh, let the developers worry about the bridges behind the scenes and let the users just use the things as, as they see fit. Great, great shout. Um, so let me ask you this, like, how can we find DBridge online and yourself? Give us all the links. Sure. So we have a Twitter account, which is DBridge uh, Finance. We have a Discord server. If you check what accounts DBridge follow, you'll find myself. Uh, I guess there are only six followers there. So five blockchains that we support. <laughs> and uh, my own uh, Twitter account as a, as a co-founder. So yeah, we have a Telegram community, especially if you're a developer, feel free to reach out to us on a Discord because I believe that cross-chain industry is super young, just starting to evolve. And uh, it's really a good chance to get in early by starting to build truly exciting cross-chain applications. And uh, yeah, we're excited to help developers to achieve their goals and uh, to let them build cool stuff. So follow us on Twitter, we are on Discord and yeah. Absolutely. And as always, you know, we'll have all of the links and such that we discussed here in the show notes on our site. So if anyone missed those things, you can just hit those links uh, right from our blog. Um, Alex Smirnov of DBridge, I really appreciate you coming and, and giving us a little bit of insight into how and what DBridge is and does. We'd love to have you back on as you start to build out the ecosystem more, and I'll, I'll be keeping a, a close eye on, on what DBridge does. So yeah, thanks thanks for coming along, Alex. Awesome. Yeah, thank you, Nick, for the interesting conversation. I really enjoyed it. Absolutely. Yes. Same here. Listeners, you know where to find everything online. It's divyproject.org slash blog for all the show notes at Divi Project on all social medias. For now, signing off with Alex uh, of DBridge and we will see you guys next time. Thank you guys. We're all going to make it. <laughs> <laughs>